to Datsuk. What a move! Right in! Oh. Scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep! That's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line. Chance scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello and welcome to another edition of Octopi Hockey Town. I'm your host, Austin Goodman, and this week I'm coming at you guys with a little bit of emotion. All right, I'm fired up about something. I'm just going to jump into it really quickly, you know, before I give you the rest of the breakdown here. I am sick of hearing about people underestimating the Detroit Red Wings. That genuinely makes me upset, and, and I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of having to deal with the fact that everybody is underestimating a team that was so injury-riddled last season and still made it to the playoffs. They might have not performed as well in the playoffs, but you know what? They were still an injured team. And that is absolutely a reason to blame for last season. At one point in the middle of the season, there were 12 Red Wings on the injury list. 12. 12 of the starting players on the injury list. Most of them on the forward end. So that put pressure on Jimmy Howard. And and then Jimmy Howard, with the help of Jonas Gustafsson, towards the middle of the season, November to January, got enough wins and enough points to be able to advance to the playoffs, which 16 other teams do not get to do every single year. And the Red Wings have done it for 23 years. And I know that I sound like a, a stupid fan of the Red Wings and a supporter and somebody that's caught on the consecutive streak. But I just want to tell you guys, everyone out there, that's not what it is. There are young players on this team that could develop into what the Red Wings used to be in 97 and 98. When you had young players like Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk in 98 and 99 coming out of the 6th and 7th rounds. Henrik Zetterberg at number 210 is now the captain of the Detroit Red Wings. That's what everybody doesn't understand. The farm system at the Red Wings organization is still impeccable. Jeff Blashill still is the instructor at the development camps and at the tournament. That's what happens. And I just want to blow that out there. We'll talk about it more later on in this episode of Octobuy. But first, we're going to cool down a little bit here. NHL Free Agency opened up on July 1st, and it's now July 8th. And the Wings have only signed Riley Shahan and Peter Mrazek. And then they gave my oh-so-favorite Kyle Quincy a raise to two years, $8.5 million. I mean, we can talk about the utter rejection that was free agency for the Wings. Or, you know, we can talk other things. But I, I think they're, you know, to be able to move on from what happened in the first week of free agency, it needs to be discussed. And that will take us through the first 10 minutes of the show. And then we'll discuss who went where, why the Red Wings were shunned, in fact, and ultimately what positives can you know everybody take from the first week of free agency. And then through 17 minutes of the show, we'll talk about the Red Wings' options as of right now, both you know in free agency and via trade, uh, to try to make you know that roster a Stanley Cup contending roster. You know they need more back 
depth. Back-end depth is key, and more skilled fours on the front end. But, you know, like I was saying, the prospects for the Red Wings are impeccable, and if you keep up-to-date on those prospects, they have still been playing incredibly well. And there are a lot of rising prospects, and that's how we're going to finish off the show. Uh, you know, I don't want to leave you guys with a bad taste in your mouth worried about next season. I'm actually going to bring you a little bit of optimism to the situation uh, that is free agency, that that is trade, and we'll talk about the team's depth chart. For the last 10 to 12 minutes of the show, we'll discuss it all. We'll talk about who's coming up, who could potentially play for the Wings, and you know, guys, I'm telling you, you really should stay a little bit optimistic um, about all that, but I want to dive right into free agency and what happened on July 1st. Um, let's be honest. The Red Wings just didn't pick up anybody that they targeted. They were one of four teams who did not make any first-day pickups. The Wings were, in fact, rejected utterly on July 1st, 2014. They went after four players. Let's keep this in mind. At the beginning of free agency, Ken Holland understood it, understood to a T what exactly he needed, a middle-tier winger and a top-tier right-handed defender. And the Wings, they came out empty-handed, guys. At the beginning... It was a perfect picture, painted. By 7 o'clock, the Red Wings had to re-sign Kyle Quincy. By 7 o'clock. That means four players rejected the ring, the Red Wings straight up to their face. And that first person that I want to talk about is Matt Niskanen. They offered him a seven-year, $38.5 million contract, which you know would have give, given him $5.5 million annually, and he only... He not only took more money, but he took an opportunity to play with an old friend in Brooks Orpik for the Washington Capitals, and they were both picked up in this free agency, and he was offered $40.25 million for a seven-year contract as well. I don't blame the guy, but I would have loved to seen him in a Red Wings jersey, genuinely. That was my number one pick, and I, I put an article out. On the website, www.impact89fm.org slash sports. Go to Detroit Sports, hit Red Wings. You'll be there. You'll see it. And that's exactly uh, what I was talking about. Matt Niskanen being that number one choice. And, you know, he chose the Washington Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin, Mr. Semin, you know, all those guys over there. I mean, there were, other, you know, there were even three other options for the Red Wings that day. Dan Boyle, uh, Stefan Robodeis, and Anton Strawman. And all three of them rejected the Red Wings. I mean, they Dan Boyle, he's 38 years old. For which, First of all, I wouldn't have wanted to deal with a 38-year-old playing for the Red Wings. $9 million over two years for the New York Rangers, which was $1 million less than what the Wings offered. But Boyle and his agent, his agent in fact quoted him saying they had a better chance at winning the Stanley Cup. And for the team that... You know, was the runner-up in the Stanley Cup Finals? Exactly. I would take that, too. For Stefan Robidas, told, he told the Wings that, you know, he wanted to be closer to his kids who live in Montreal, so he chose to go play in Toronto for $9 million over three years. I guess that makes sense, a sentimental reason. Your family, you know, you want to be by your family, but would have loved to see Robidas in the jersey as well. As for... That Anton Strollman guy, he actually ended up with $22.5 million over five years. And, in fact, Strollman's agent told the Red Wings in the middle of the day that he wa they were not even on their short list. 
and unfortunately, that's how the free the first day of free agency ended. Um, after the signing of Kyle Quincy, the the, the Red Wings kind of just took you know hit the, the hit the hay uh, per se, and just kind of laid in the bed that they were made on the first day of free agency. Like I said earlier, I don't know if you caught caught it. They were one of four teams to not make a move on the day of free agency, and that is just absolutely disappointing to me. It's truly disappointing to me the fact that the Red Wings could not acquire anybody during the first day of free agency. And I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, they're just shunned at this point, if people don't want to be around the Red Wings, you know, or a part of that organization because Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg only played for a combined 29 games last year. I I don't know. Is it the youngsters? Uh, is it the fact that you know other players don't see the improvement that we see here in Detroit as fans, and then you know for the team as well? Is that what's going on overall? It's just a question that I that's been you know running around my brain for the past week now. You know we're on July eighth. It's Tuesday, July eighth at around two fifty two in the afternoon. I'm in West Bloomfield, Michigan, and I'm just sitting here in my library and I'm thinking. I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to figure out why nobody wants to come to the Red Wings. Could it be the staff? The fact that for the past three years, the Red Wings have lost three consecutive assistant coaches, but they went to head coaching jobs. So wouldn't that mean that they would be better coaches? Yes, but it might be consistency. It could be that. Could it be Mike Babcock? Probably not. He's the most winningest coach in NHL history. Or not NHL, in Red Wings history. Sorry, don't quote me on that. Mike Babcock, and he holds the uh, the Red Wings record in the NHL for wins, which is good. Not the whole NHL, though, though. Hopefully one day. Um, I don't know. It's just blowing my mind. Anyway, I think that means we need to move on. And that that's the question I just want to leave you guys with is, you know, why? Why don't people want to come here? You know? But... You know, this is, uh, we're going to have to move on to our next segment. You know, what are the team's options right now? Free agent options. You know, we're thinking about trade options, all that jazz. So let's dive right into it. After an emotional first day of free agency for the Red Wings, you know, a week has passed and they still haven't made any moves. Danny DeKaiser isn't re-signed. Daniel Alfredson has not picked out a contract yet. Free agency options, you got Mike Ribeiro, who's 34, you can get him for about $4 million, Ryan Malone, $4 million from Tampa, or, and, you know, I kind of want to take a minute and talk about this guy, and it's Michael Delzato. Michael Delzato last year, you know, he wasn't a showstopper, but he has always shown something within himself that shows confidence in a player, and I believe at 24 years old and a similar player to maybe the advancement of Jakob Kindle, but better in my opinion from just what I've seen come out of Michael Delzato. There have been points of greatness for this player points of greatness and the Red Wings could absolutely use him on the D line instead of Jakob Kindle and maybe even have Jakob Kindle as a seventh option. Which wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't be a. I, I wouldn't be a, at all upset about that, at all. Not at all. I would love that. 
I would love if Jakob Kindle was the seventh option because he's not always terrible. And I, I guess that sounds like me settling for mediocre. And I know Lou Divizio and Anthony Serafino would quote me saying, oh, well, you guys are just okay with mediocre. No, it's not that I'm just okay with mediocre. It's that I can see that Jakob Kindle has advanced over the past three seasons. He truly has. Whether it's numbers, numbers don't always show everything in hockey. It's the little things out on the ice. And it's what you see game in and game out. If you brought in a player like Michael Delzato, who has very, it's getting panned out raw talent that has been panned out over the past four years. And it's coming together for him. And I think that once he hits 25, 26, and he you know, has a little bit maturity, has a little bit more age on him, you know, maybe even has a little bit more strength on him as a body on the defensive end, I think that he could really you know, be a very good pickup. I mean, I'm really saying that. I think that Michael Delzada could be a good, a good pickup for the Red Wings. 24 years old, you know, that's what it is, 24 years old. That's the kicker. He's young, but he's got a little bit of age on him. He's got a couple seasons in the, in the NHL with the New York Rangers who just made it to the Stanley Cup. And I'm not saying that the Red Wings would ever need the help of one player coming from the Rangers and you know changing the whole face of the organization. It's not like that. It's not like a situation where you're bringing in Daniel Alfredson to replace injury-prone Datsuk and Zetterberg for the season, and he is you know essentially a captain, the captain, because he was the captain in Ottawa. And he could do that. But Michael Delzato isn't that kind of situation. He's more of a, you know, let's say Daniel Cleary, you know, Darren McCarty, Dallas Drake, Brad Stewart coming to the Red Wings organization and just bring him out of the woodwork. You know, that you want to put past issues and, you know, pan them out and then put them into a major role. And that's what the Red Wings are good at. They're good at developing players. And a player that's a little bit more mature is good. And I like that. That's what I would like to see. As for trade options, let's really talk about this for a second. You know who would the Red Wings would have to trade? This is who the Red Wings would have to trade if they wanted to try and get into that whole ball game. It would be a pretty easy decision for other teams. Thomas Tatar, Gustav Nyquist, Thomas Yurko, or Anthony Mantha. Or somebody like Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha taking both of those picks, who could potentially be phenomenal players for the Red Wings in the next two to three years. Mantha even sooner. And I got quoted on that from the pact. I think that Mantha can have an impact on the Red Wings. I'm saying it right here. Episode 11, July 8th, 2014, at 3 o'clock, 2.58 if you want to be exact. I'm saying that Mantha is going to have an impact. I wouldn't trade. And I, and I don't think that Ken Holland wants to part with those with those assets. It, they are assets at this point. They are learning and developing every single day, day in and day out. And they're performing well. They performed well last year. Nyquist was shut down in the finals and or in, in round one of the playoffs, and so was everybody else. The team was shut down. Daniel Alfredson was out for three, four, and five. That's when you know. It wasn't the Red Wings season last year, but these young guys made them prevail. And with another season, another season on top of that, and another season following that, these players can truly mature into some of the best hockey players in the NHL in the upcoming years. 
and then the people behind them, the second wave, the Ryan Sproils and the Alexei Marchenkos and, you know, an assortment of different players that are coming up. Peter Morazic, Xavier Olette, uh, like I said earlier, Anthony Mantha. That second wave, that second generation could be the same impact for the Red Wings. And three of those guys are on the defensive end. And that's what I'm most excited about is the fact that the next wave of prospects have a good amount of defenders. And that is great to see. And the Red Wings are pretty good at draft picks. Picked up Nicholas Lidstrom, Thomas Holmstrom, Steve Eiserman, Martin Lapointe, Pavel Datsuk, Riley Shahan. I can go on and on, guys. I could go on and on. But that's what it really is. If you want to trade, then you're going to have to trade for you know some of your up and rising talent, or you can get away with sending off Johan Franzen. But I don't think anybody wants to pick up that kind of contract. Not off Johan Franzen. Not off somebody that you know kind of just flops. He's so inconsistent. Hopefully he can figure it out. But he's getting old. The guy was drafted a while ago. Let's keep that in mind. Like 2003. It was a while ago. Anyway, I, I really don't want to talk about this trade option or the free agency anymore. I want to look past it all, guys. And I want to look into the future a little bit. I really do. I want to take, a, I want to take the next step beyond free agency and the mishaps that it was. You know, we can explain last year a little bit what happened last year with the roster and the injuries, the trade deadline factoring in, and a bunch of upcoming prospects, which I call the second wave of the Red Wings AHL generation and moving into the Red Wings organization in the NHL. And that's what I love to see. The Grand Rapids Griffins with Jeff Blashill and the development that the Red Wings have. And we'll talk about it in our next segment here. And I just want to dive in right now. I'm just excited. And, you know, this is a fun day. We're having a fun time here on Octopi Hockey Town. Hope everybody's listening. Listening. You can catch our uh, our Friday's Future Wing, which is a prospect um analyzation basically um you know we're taking all the pieces of the puzzle the height the name the videos all of that and we're putting into one article and it's on www.impact89fm.org sports you can check it all out under the detroit column the red wings just click on it check out the articles see how you like them we got brian boyle sorry we got brian bobel and we got Myself, Austin Goodman, and we also got help from Nathaniel Bott and, of course, the directors, Alex Sharg, Anthony Serafino, and Jonathan Yales, all doing a great job. All the editors that come in and help, you know, you really love to see it. So check us out there. But we're going to come and we're coming at you hard right now and I'm coming at you hard and we're going to talk. I'm going to tell you, you know, straight to your face. I got started off all hot on the top of the show about this and I'm going to talk to you about it right now. And it's that you have to be optimistic for this upcoming season. All right, guys. So like I said, I was going to come to you at the end of the show with all this fan optimism. All right. And I do want to give you a reason to be optimistic. And I'm going to give you a big reason. All right. So after this daunting free agency and after the daunting trade options and all of that and everything sitting in front of the Red Wings right now for the 2014-2015 season, we have to take a look at last season. All right, I just want to take a look at one quick for one quick second. All right, and just put in a little bit of ease to everyone and make everybody understand that the Red Wings are still contenders every single season. I don't want that to get lost. The Red Wings are one of the best franchises in NHL history, in sports history, up there with MLB, 
New York Yankees. Let's be honest for a second. Whether you like them or not, they're one of the best. I'm not happy that Jeter is playing in the All-Star game, but that's neither here nor there. That's a different show. So what I want to talk about here is that last season, like I said earlier in the show, Pavel and Henrik only played in 29 games together, and they had 32 points combined in those appearances. All right, and with those two players out, and that was only when they played together. There were, I think, a combined total of 56 games for both. Regardless, I am going to look into that a little bit more. But seriously, with just those two players out for over half a season, that makes a massive difference. Along with them being out, Johan Franzen, he only played in 54 games. He scored 16 goals. Darren Helm missed 40 games. Stephen Weiss missed 56. The Red Wings don't even know how Stephen Weiss is going to play. He was the assistant captain, one of the most decorated players of the Florida Panthers. Maybe he can come up to the Red Wings and play on that third line next year, get a little bit of veteran leadership back in the locker room because he was so injured last year. We can see what's going to happen in training camp, and that's when you'll know. There are updates, but you really need to know when you get back on the ice with the full team, full pads, full real deal. And if Stephen Weiss can play, then the Red Wings are looking at a little bit of a different picture. A little bit of a different picture. Just a little bit. Could you move a player like Riley Shahan over or Luke Lendening and shuffle around? Especially, you know, what if the Red Wings don't sign Daniel Cleary again? That's That, that, that all comes into, into play. And let's... Also taking in mind that Riley Shahan was signed on July 1st, okay? Danny DeKaiser, Yuriko Tatar, Nyquist, they're all going to be great next year. We saw the spurts of greatness in the offseason, or in, in, in the season last year. We saw it. Every single person saw it. Gustav Nyquist was playing incredibly well, and he was partially the reason why the Red Wings moved on into the playoffs and kept that streak alive. And I'm going to continue to say the streak no matter how much you hate it. If you like it, go Wings. If you don't, I'm sorry. But that's what they've accomplished. And we would like to continue as fans to be able to appreciate that. Even if they lose, I'm still going to be a Red Wings supporter and don't think that will ever change. I just want to say that right here and right now. Let's also keep in mind Xavier Olette. He made a debut in the playoffs last year. That is good experience for somebody like him. Ryan Sproil, perspective defender, that really could hit the NHL. Anthony Mantha, 250-goal se- seasons with his junior team, had a, has a lot of chances. There are a lot of prospects here. There are a lot of very good situations for the Red Wings. Free agency, yes, it was disappointed. And it pissed me off. It genuinely pissed me off that the Red Wings were rejected from free agency. But that is not to say with a healthy Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, Darren Helm, and Stephen Weiss alongside a more mature Gustav Nyquist, Thomas Yurko, Thomas Tatar, Riley Shahan, and Luke Glendening with a potential addition of Anthony Mantha with maybe a more real reality check for Kyle Quincy that he got, you know, 
Maybe it was a desperate move that the Red Wings had to pick up Colin Quincy at 7 p.m. on the first day of free agency. But guys, you have to keep in mind that there's a completely different situation going on there. You need to fill the holes, and Kyle Quincy can do that. If you pick up a player like Michael Delzato, that gives you a little bit more help. If you don't, you're throwing your young guys into a situation which I'm not saying that they can't handle. Another player like Alexei Marchenko, a defender that could really step in and have great productivity, both shooting and defending for the Red Wings on that defensive end, and he's a right. You know, there are so many different aspects of each one of these players that are coming up. And yes, I know that they're developing, but I know that the Red Wings can handle this. Their first wave handled it perfectly last year. If Datuk and Zetterberg can keep themselves healthy, then that's another 20 more wins guaranteed. Guaranteed. 20 more wins. And let's think about this. Let's think about this for a quick second. Pavel Datuk and Henrik Zetterberg playing in, 20, in, what was it, 29 games? They played in 29 games together and they collected 32 points, all right? So let's say... 82 minus 29. Okay, that's 53 games where were Datsuk and Zetterberg together on the ice. Where were they? All right? Where were they? And let's say, you know, how many, let's see. 82 divided by 29. That's almost 3. So let, let's 32 times 3, okay? That's 96. That's almost 100 more points, whether it be assists or goals. 100 more points for the Red Wings. That is what the Red Wings were missing. That right there is what the Red Wings were missing last year. And I know that going into next season, they understand that. Players are trying to get healthy. Daniel Albertson is waiting on that decision so he knows he's healthy to play next season. And if he can come back, losing a player like Todd Bertuzzi, that's fine. Losing a player like Michael Samuelson, that's fine. It makes things less clogged up. Buying out Jordan Tutu, that's also fine. Clearing up cap space. But what everyone needs to understand is everybody needs to stop freaking out. This isn't the the destruction of the Detroit Red Wings. It's not going back to the Dead Wings. That's never going to happen. I'm not saying never. It could happen in the future. But right now, with the talent that the Red Wings have and the talent that they have in the coaching staff and in the organization, with Mike Illich still alive and Ken Holland still at the rings, a general manager, the Red Wings team can do it. And Mike Babcock, the most winningest coach in Red Wings history. And I'm telling you that right here, right now. I'm telling you that these prospects are going to be good. I'm telling you that the second wave could be good as well probably are going to be good as well. Jeff Blaschel does an incredible job in the AHL and developing prospects. Picking up Michael Delzato would be a great opportunity because the Red Wings have been known to develop players that have come over to the Red Wings before and send them out into the into the wild, and, and they can handle themselves. And that's what you need. Jimmy Howard, I, I watched a highlight reel of Jimmy Howard the other day. If the guy wasn't so injured all season as well, he would have had a good season too. And I hate when people put down Jimmy Howard. He's a good goaltender. Resigning Jonas Gusebson and Peter Mrazek. Making sure that you have backup for two years from now. And a backup for next year. See where Peter Mrazek goes. And then you want to figure out your situation with Jonas Gusebson. And you have Jimmy Howard under contract. I think that Jimmy Howard's a good goalie. He's definitely declined. Since a peak. But he's steady. And when he's not hurt, he's even steadier. And I love that. So I'm just going to put that out there. And honestly, 
that 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 just irks me when people say that the Red Wings don't have anything for next season. They're going to be a flop next season. That just really pisses me off. And that's all I'm saying about it. Is it really pisses me off that people think that this team isn't going to be able to give it their all and be able to, you know, be in playoff contention again and be deep playoff contenders. The Red Wings are a good team and people pop off during the playoffs. Jimmy Howard is supposed to pop off during the playoffs. They're playing a Boston Bruins team that was incredible last year. They were the President Trophy winners, and they did get knocked out in the next round to the Montreal Canadiens, but you know what? They still played well. They were better than the Red Wings, and they were deeper. But the Red Wings are young, and they still made it there. They were the youngest last year. They might have had people like Bertuzzi and Cleary and Samuelson. They were all injured half the season. Franzen injured half the season. Alfredson was out for about you know 20 games. And then in the playoffs. That's just what I want everybody to remember. If the Red Wings are healthy, it's a completely different ball game. And I haven't even touched on people like Drew Miller and Justin Ablocator and, you know, ugh, just so many different aspects of this Red Wings team. Nicholas Cronwell, Jonathan Erickson, Danny DeKaiser, Kyle Quincy, I can take that as my top four. If we have Michael Delzato and either up Brian Lashoff, uh, Jakob Kindle, or you pull up somebody like Sporo Marchenko, put them on the back end, that's what you want to do. And you know what? I want to continue this discussion, but we're going to continue it on the next edition of Octopi Hockey Town. And that's all I got to say for you guys today. Um, thank you very much for tuning in to my rant basically today about why the Red Wings are still going to be okay, even though it was embarrassing on free agency. But we'll be back next week. And we'll see how things progress with the free agency, see if they choose to pick up Michael Delzano, and uh, we'll keep you up to date via the Impact website, Impact Sports website at www.impact89fm.org slash sports, or any new announcements basically coming up for the Red Wings. We'll be covering all of that in the offseason, and of course, for the season, we'll bring in Brian Bobel, who will be the assistant co-host, um, you know, whatever you want to call him coming on the show we're going to get a little debate going on in the fall so get excited for that too uh, my name is austin goodman guys i just want to give a quick shout out to my girlfriend out in, out in colorado listening to the show uh she's taking out a travel trip western trip having a lot of fun out there so you know i wanted to promise her a shout out while she was halfway across the country so we'll see to everybody have a good day soak up the sun and enjoy your summer fun